0: Hey there, AMC TURN fans. Welcome to another episode of the TURN After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Cold Murdering Bastards. There's a lot of betrayal, a lot of spy intrigue to talk about tonight, so stay tuned. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? We are talking about Turn Tonight again. How Yay! are you all tonight? So
1: good. Oh, so good.
0: So good. It is so good to be back talking about episode two of Cold Murdering Bastards, which is just so
2: fun it's to say. It's a great title. It's, it's such a great title. title. Let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaj. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. And even further to my left, <laughs> Keith Black.
1: How's it going? My name is Keith Black. You can find me all over the interweb at Keith W. Black.
0: And I'm your host, Megan Salinas. You can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. We are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTURN as well as the live chat whenever we get I a got chance it. to. Pull. Oh, <laughs> good on you. Well done, Katie. It's like I come prepared. Yeah, well, you've got to leg up <laughs> yeah, on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am not at all prepared for the drama we are talking about tonight. <laughs> I don't think any of us were prepared for this
2: level no, of drama. Oh my god! It got
0: super intense, super quick. So, um, again, thank you guys, everybody who's tuning in live. Uh, again, we know it's a day late from the actual show, so we really appreciate everybody who turns in. Um, let's let's go ahead and talk about this really, really super intense episode because uh, they like it got dark really really quick. It was this entire episode can probably be summed up in that escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, that really got out of hand. So, I want what, to <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um, so know what was your guys' Well, yeah. So, I want to know what was your guys' initial reaction to this episode. And Keith, I also want to know since you weren't able to join us on the season premiere, what do you think of the season so far?
1: I mean, I think the season so far has been spectacular. This is, especially this episode in particular, I feel like we've gotten to that linchpin of the series. We've been building up to this point you know, for the last two seasons. And finally, we get some acknowledgement when it comes to people finding out who each other are, yeah. all the secrets and the spying that's going around. You're, you're, we're, as a fan, normally you're thinking, really? Like under the same roof? You're really gonna get away with that for that long? <laughs> so you got that justification as a viewer going, okay, there's some realism, what's happening in the story arc, and now we're gonna see a huge shift, so. You're right,
2: there's a lot right. of payoff. Yeah. What I adore is that everyone who has found out that Abe is a spy has a really good reason not to tell anyone just <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. Literally <laughs> everyone. He is f- the worst spy ever, and it is circumstances that have kept him from the noose, and it's kind of amazing. It really is. He's the worst. I mean, we he said is a lot the last unluckiest <laughs> and luckiest bastard on the yeah, island.
1: He's the Mr. Bean of spies. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of fumbling his way around, and you're like, how are you still existing?
2: That is a really good way to put it. <laughs> because he has some incredibly competent women in his life. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So that's that that that's it. That's let's
0: let's go ahead and talk about that opening scene. Because I know, Keith, in particular, you really yeah. wanted to talk about how intense this scene was, which was the confrontation between Hewlett and Abraham with the whole I know you're a spy there's no use pretending so yeah let's let's talk about that for a minute because uh, at the end of the last episode you just see Hewlett stewing on this information that Richard has just dropped and you're not sure how he's going to react and here immediately without skipping a beat we get the payoff for that and it turns out that he pulls a gun on Abraham without a second thought even in front of his own like two-year-old child so I wanna know Keith, in particular, what was your take on that, because you were really excited to talk yeah, about the scene.
1: I really enjoyed this scene for numerous reasons, I mean, the directing for one instance, they shot it so well, even the oh, rack yeah. focuses and how they were able to deflect the drama from one character to the next without it even feeling, it was seamless, you didn't feel jarring the whole scene moving from the living room to the hallway out to the door, it flowed together and you felt like you were in the room. And we got to see every individual, so you saw Richard, we what he was truly about. So everything he's been fighting for has been kind of vague, You whether he's for the crown or whether he's for, you know, it was clearly he's against his son yeah. or for his son, his grandson. So it was cool, you can saw in that moment where you're like, alright, he's clearly fighting for his grandson and, making, and raising him in the way that he feels is proper, just how he was reacting to the situation just leave the kid. Don't walk out the door. <laughs> leave it. Whatever has... All this is going on is relevant to me. Just the, the child is my focus.
2: I adored that yeah. moment of just just leave the child. And Abraham goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You're the one that threw me under the bus. And you really did? Nope. Kid's coming with yeah. me.
1: That's a good call, Dad. <laughs> just potato That's a good, sack yeah, carries like, him out the door. <laughs> and, yeah, it just it, the embodiment of that moment, which was great. And then also with you saw Anna Strong, how she was touching him in the moment. And you're like, okay, well, When you're trying to stop a feud, you can do like the wife who's at a distance, or she just gets right up in there and she's like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah,
0: this is the second time that we've seen Anna pleading to a man who loves her, Mm -hmm. pointing a
2: gun at Abraham. (laughs) Why does this keep happening? He is both the luckiest and unluckiest (laughs) bastard on this island.
1: He chooses women well, I mean.
2: (laughs) They choose him. Let's be real.
1: Well, then they're making some bad choices because Abraham doesn't have his stuff <laughs> they together. They <laughs> really
2: are. He, These he stunningly is... competent women have made one very bad yeah. choice, and that's loving Abraham. And they're paying for it. He is the linchpin of this ring. He has surrounded himself with people who are more competent than he is. But if he gets taken out, the whole thing goes. Yeah.
1: Like every Which successful company. Which is kind company. of <laughs> sad. Wait,
2: like every successful protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Sure,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's the tricky. That's <laughs> the <laughs>
2: budget. He's the protagonist. We can't have a show without him. (laughs) We tried for a while when he was in prison, but we really can't. Yeah, no, but I,
0: I think you guys touched on it, the, something that, we, that I feel like this show doesn't give enough credit for is its cinematography, yeah. mm-hmm. and for a show that I imagine is on a pretty limited budget from AMC, because I imagine all of AMC's money is just going straight to Walking, walking Dead, dead yeah. um, and Fear the Walking Dead <laughs> by comparison. If it has Walking Dead in the
2: title, <laughs> you've got a good budget.
0: <laughs> you've got a decent budget. Unless
2: you're the console game. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Zing. Was that a zing? Yes, because they obviously didn't have the budget to pay the writing staff. Womp womp. Mm. Anywho, that's a
0: discussion for another day. But for a show with a really considerably limited budget compared to the other programs that AMC has to offer, this is really impactful cinematography. Um, last week, it was the shot with uh, Richard in front of the gravestones. That was really, really compelling. And as you said, Keith, this entire scene was shot seamlessly. It flowed really well. Mm-hmm. The, all the acting was phenomenal. The close-ups were really, again, impactful yeah. is the word I keep coming mm-hmm. back to. because You felt the tension. You felt the drama. Up until Abraham ran out the door and the credits began to roll. Like You were on the edge of your seat. And you have to give credit where credit is due.
1: Yeah, it was the most honest moment. It was the most honest moment that we've seen, I think, in all of the seasons up till now we've got everybody was staying in the room together and i really enjoyed how they came home it's like you had a bad report card he walks in the house and there's <laughs> and they're sitting, they're sitting in there <laughs> sit down you need to come have a seat you need to talk to us about this well with, there's with a gun on the yeah. table well that's how my dad did my report card stuff <laughs> <laughs> he was like keith get it together where did you grow
2: up <laughs>
0: yeah
1: it, it was a dead end road it was a cul-de-sac you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a rough child yeah. okay <laughs> Okay, but we the, didn't do it that way in suburbia. <laughs> but again, it's it's kind of it's a testament to Hewlett's credit that he even had Abraham sit and discuss the matter yeah. with him. Somebody like Simcoe would have had him killed in the dead of oh, night, uh, without a second thought, or probably a more
2: brutal, brutal, like
0: or. M- Maybe even more of a John Andre character would have tried to use it to their advantage, yeah. or would have just simply apprehended him without a second thought, and maybe not even necessarily executed him on the spot, but apprehended him without confronting him.
2: Well, but Hewlett straight up told him, "I need all the names of your conspirators. I need like he was trying for information. This wasn't a sympathy thing. This was but, a you owe me, buddy." But the <laughs> thing
0: is, is that any competent officer would have had him in shackles Absolutely. before the interrogation would have taken place. That's true. And this is one of those things where Hewlett is a good man, but he's not he's not meant to be in charge of this no. town. He he's is not stationed meant for war. He's stationed in Sutterocket for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was not meant for war. He was, we've seen ever since the first season this was not the life he should be leading and we got it even more in season two that it wasn't even the life that he wanted and so again to see this confrontation it's like man abraham you are so lucky that you happen to be going head to head with somebody who has a sense of honor and decency but not a head for tactics
2: you are lucky that all of the competent people Mm. are either on your side or have a use for you or in, like, Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, way across the way. I, I just, I really enjoy how a lot of these characters, our main characters, have been thrust into position where otherwise they wouldn't be without the war. He even mentioned that George Washington wouldn't be where he was had it not been for his brother. And then they mentioned how Abraham wouldn't be where he was without it for his brother. All these people were thrust yeah. into positions that they otherwise wouldn't have chosen. Townsend's the same situation where... He was trying to be a pacifist, that's just part of his religion, he wanted nothing to do with it, and then his father's farm being, you know, mangled with, and then he's like, okay, well now, I've been pushed over the edge. Everybody's thrust into an area that they weren't familiar with, and the etiquette and honor of being in the royal army, I think, is the only thing that is actually keeping him, keeping Abraham alive, is etiquette and honor, and that's why the women are so powerful as well, is that etiquette is something they can just use to their extremes, I mean...
2: Oh, they're versed in it. Yeah. This is why, historically, women have made some of the best spies, because no one expects it. It's like, oh, you're just women. Oh, you're just this. Mm-hmm. And It's like, what? <laughs> They're people?
1: What? <laughs>
2: what?
0: You don't say. Who knew?
2: Although It's um, almost like that's something we're still struggling with today. <laughs>
0: Oh, you're a hoot. Um, but yeah, speaking of female spies, we'll get to it a little later, but we saw a female spy return this, yes. this episode. Oh, I've missed her. The lovely Amy Gumnick uh, returns as Philomena. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll touch on that in a moment. Um, you brought up Townsend. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to play, Townsend played a very interesting role in tonight's episode in that he he now runs a tavern where most of the British army happens to frequent. And just spills out information willy-nilly while they're drunk and playing checkers, mm-hmm. and he comes across the information that there is a sp- that the spy that we've known about in Washington's camp is actually a reverend who obtains information under the guise of giving counsel mm-hmm. and uh, being that kind of moral center for soldiers who are feeling conflicted. I think.
2: Uh, confessional privilege didn't really yep. wasn't a thing at that point <laughs> <laughs> because that's the thing you tell your priest something in a confessional it stays there. Well, if he's a Catholic priest. Point. I was gonna say, I imagine, I don't
0: know, was this Church else... of England? Did they specify which branch of, of Christianity this guy stemmed from? I assumed it's it was Church an, of England.
1: He's also a military man. I mean, that's he's true. not a pastor by trade. It's more, it looks like the person selected for it. And if you were by trade going into the military saying I'm gonna be a soldier fighting against the Redcoats, that's kinda contradictory to his overall mantra. Of not harming people. So I would kinda of take him at a suspect level to begin with. That's true.
2: <laughs> well, I have to wonder how far back the tradition of having milit the tradition, that's not the right word, <laughs> of having military priests goes. Because that is a thing nowadays. And so I'm curious as to when that official position began. Yeah. Because if it's been a thing for that long and he is officially one of them, then yeah, the church rules do still apply. Well, and again, it it would make sense
0: in my mind if he was Church of England, given that he's a spy Mm -hmm. for the... English Army. Um, but this presents a very interesting dilemma for our heroes over at Washington's camp. For, for Ben and Caleb and for Washington themselves because it's like how they just executed two other traders and they had to keep that as close on the down low as yeah. they possibly could. How do you go about dealing with the problem of a prominent figure
2: in the camp Discreetly. You kill him in the woods, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) You kill him and you make him look like an accident. I just love Washington's it's a pity. I liked his sermons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah Yeah. yeah. He's a
1: realist, though. He's just, I, I That's the thing I respect most about Washington and how he's betrayed throughout the series is that he's constantly looking at aspects that would otherwise be above everyone else's pay grade. That's why he's in the position he is, because he's thinking six steps ahead, whereas everyone else is thinking three and four. And he knows that perception is everything. In a, in a battle and a war like that where you're fighting for your independence, perception with your allies, perception with the people below you, and even those that would be your colleagues, anything that slips outside of his grasp is uncontrollable, and that's not—you're not, not going to win a battle or a war without hands. So all these loose ends—at least now he knows. And I, personally, I think that's something he can use to his advantage. Having a pastor that is leaking information, I would be like, okay, well, let's give him some information. I'm going—I <laughs> give him some really good information that he absolutely is going to get back that we'll know about and use for to our advantage. So. But you
2: have no guarantee that the people who do not know that he's a spy and are going to him and bearing their souls wouldn't give him something absolutely crucial in the meantime.
1: True. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. You,
2: you can't control the flow of information, so you just kinda <laughs> Yeah, no, you have and you you really have to I, I really appreciated the
0: the differences that we saw between Ben and Caleb in this when kind of trying to deal with this dilemma because Caleb was having a hard time wrestling with it. You could see it and you don't normally see Caleb hesitant in any way, shape, or form. He's the one that's going to jump in head first guns blazing because it's fun. So to see him really kind of wrestling with this was very interesting. And it's also interesting to see how Ben has progressed. Because Ben is the one that has come to the rationale that the best course of action, the most efficient course of action, is to kill him. Uh, before any other information can be compromised and that the, it's the best way to do it discreetly as well and I think it really shows how far Ben has come from the idealistic you know man that we saw in season yeah. one
1: I, I kinda of feel like it's a little contradictory though to his overall growth in terms of just the lessons he's been taught by Washington where it comes to you may not know all the facts and you know take prudence before you make th- you know, rash you decisions.
0: A, you thought this was a step back actually? I
1: think it is for his growth is when it comes to a soldier at that high level because normally Washington taught him even at the end of last season is look how you can handle this situation if you take the time if you wait and if you don't just make a rash decision because originally he'd be like oh Lee Let's go chop that. Like that's we got to handle that right now. Why are we? Why are you taking your time? Why are you letting that sit? But and we find out episodes later.
0: I I disagree with you on that because he's look. I feel like he's looking at it from a different angle because with Lee, he was like, we have to tell everyone that he's a traitor yeah. right now. We have to expose him for the rat that he is and see him hanged as a traitor without realizing the morale repercussions mm-hmm. of that and without realizing not only for the morale of the the rest of the troops but also the political the social re- repercussions of those With actions France. to to the point where Washington chastised him and refused to talk to him for several episodes yeah. here he's looking he, even though his his solution is to still kill this man, he's looking at it from a completely different angle. It's, we have to do this and we have to do it quietly. Yeah. Yeah. We have to we have to do it very discreetly so as to not alert the rest yeah. of the camp of what's happening but at the same time stop the flow of information.
2: Just, boy, no, it really that. sucks that he died in the woods. That happens <laughs> to a lot of people around here, doesn't it? Yeah, they just dysentery. go out and die in the woods. <laughs> Nice, Ah, rough. Like
1: old Yeller, we'd be like, "Ah, see, we had to put him down. (laughs) (laughs) broke his leg, but nothing we can do." (laughs) But,
0: uh, but to go back to uh, what we had from uh, everybody on Townsend's Mm -hmm. end, we had this really great interaction between Townsend and John Andre. Mm -hmm. The the. I believe they were playing Checkers. I don't know. I've never seen things stacked up that high they before. They referred
1: to it as a uh, different game numerous times, but it looks like... It looked like Checkers. They looks like
0: Checkers with towers. Kind <laughs> <Yeah. Anybody>, of <laughs> Checkers. If anybody happens to know the name of that game, please re- <laughs> leave it in the comments below, because we sure as heck don't know. We're going to keep calling it Checkers. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> Checkers. Yeah. Not Checkers. We could call it Not Checkers. Checkish. Not checkers. Yeah. Checkish? Checkish. check-ish? Okay, check-ish. we could call it Checkish, although I'm going to like mess that up. That's okay. It's funny, <laughs> but so we we get this nice interaction because it's it's always hard to tell with John Andre how much he knows yeah. and how much he's playing the people around him because he he immediately kind of picks out Townsend from from the rest as kind of not necessarily being the odd man out but being a unique fellow. Yeah. So it's like is is there a chance John Andre suspects him of being a spy? What are the odds of that?
2: Well, Quakers also weren't super popular at the time. Hmm. And so and it could so just be John Andre being always kind. Oh, a Quaker. Is That's going to make him unique amongst the bar yeah.
1: I feel like it- It's almost, John, he gives me that vibe as somebody that is, like earlier they mentioned that honesty is paramount to him, anything that is honesty. So it's a level of respect, integrity, and I think intellect in itself. I think that he's more drawn to Townsend because of his intellect. He sees them, he's the proprietor and he's got this shop, this coffee shop that he's running with the, um, the news, um, Rivington, I think his name is, and they're co The Gazette owner. Yeah, yeah, the Gazette yeah. owner. And Stop the bloody presses! <laughs> I think that I he's intrigued. That. I think he's really intrigued by who this man is that just moved into town. He's obviously well-established, intelligent, and he sees them playing the game there regularly
0: and ambitious yeah. because he's an entrepreneur and if there's something John Andre can probably admire it's intelligence and ambition and it's already been established that John Andre is a very kind man despite the you know whole dance puppets dance yeah. thing that he has going on he is a kind person when it comes to at least the interpersonal stuff yeah. So, yeah, but this uh, this interaction does get interrupted when we get the return of Philomena, <laughs> and my heart just broke for her in this moment because he won't even look at her. Because, uh, on the one hand, it's such a great thing to see Amy Gumnick back yeah. in this role because we miss her for an entire season, and then he won't even acknowledge <laughs> that she's there. And if. If he's still planning on using her as a spy, I sort of get that, but you can tell that's not really what's on his mind. Yeah. That's not what's written all over his face. There was someone else.
2: Can mm. <sighs> oh, we talk a little bit about what we saw with uh, Arnold in Washington's camp?
0: We can. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about, more about Philomena Yeah, uh, I,
1: I mean, I I before really we, want
0: before we get to that.
1: <clears throat> I really like the aspect of. I mean when he sits down with Townsend originally he looks over and he's she comes in as a distraction but he obviously shuts that down I don't need to go have this communication right now because he's staring off at his drawing a and is like this is clearly the girl that's for him and it's so apparent to Townsend as well like him being that open with his emotions to Townsend I think is a pivotal point in that relationship and how he feels with Philomena I mean she walks in we used to be a pivotal point in the first season and now it's almost as though he's discarding her like next girlfriend, he's pretending he's in the bar and he's like, Oh yeah, what? Who's, who's here? Yeah, <laughs> who's <and it's> here.
0: <laughs> I adore John Andre. I really do. Uh, I have the biggest crush on JJ Fields. But like in this moment, this is probably the moment I disliked him the most because I'm like, Oh man, he's ghosting her right now. <laughs> he's just giving me over the
1: That 17th cold century show. ghost. <laughs> She's
0: not here.
2: I don't even have social media to ignore her on. <laughs>
0: I don't have a way of not texting her. No. <laughs> that doesn't exist yet. I just won't write. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was such a bummer. Um, and you could tell you could tell that it hurt her too. So I guess my question to you guys is whether or not she's going to continue to being being a spy for him at this point. Whether or not he's even going to ask that of her.
2: I'll be interested to see where, because we don't really have a love triangle as it stands. We have a weird love constellation where things are connected (laughs) by lines, but there's not an actual shape going on. Like, there are no solids here. There's no triangle. There's no trapezoid. It's just lines everywhere. <laughs> so, I guess, Especially, t- around Especially around Anna. Especially around Oh, I'm just yeah. talking yeah. about <laughs> John Andre's little network. Yeah. I'm not even looking at Abraham. <laughs> that is like... It, it, did you ever have... What were they called? Spirographs? Where you would just go in circles and yeah. you'd have this really crazy design at the end? <laughs> Those are the love he's triangles in, a, in the He's an spirograph. <laughs> Abraham's is a spirograph. And we're, we're just not touching that because... It's a disaster area. But the the John Andre circle is just this weird constellation and things are connected in Uh odd places. So I will be intrigued to see how that goes. I'm not really writing her out one way or another just yet.
1: No, I think that she's definitely going to still be an asset to him. I think the only it's been proven that he's emotionally compromised when it comes to Peggy. And that's the one area that he's even aware of, that he's emotionally compromised and it's impacting his judgment in the field. And I don't think he's prepared to make that mistake again. He may make it recurring for her, but I don't think he'll branch out. I think the intellect's going to you know, ride over all and he'll be like, okay, what can I use her for to my advantage? Maybe not instantaneously, but when the time is right, let's call upon yeah. her.
0: Using people of assets does have a personal cost to it, and yeah. I feel like he's finally learning, learning that lesson. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see whether or not uh, the romance kindles between them again, because Peggy is ostensibly with Benedict Arnold, in terms of appearances, so and they in historically speaking announced
2: their engagement. Yeah,
0: well, and historically speaking, they do have children together uh, later on. So I'm wondering if maybe his interactions with Philomena will kind of drive her more to be with Benedict Arnold to make him jealous. I, I don't know or if like it will be a genuine falling in love sort of situation. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see how all this plays out because it's going to be very interesting.
1: I, I think there's a fine line for her as well in the sense of her feeling like she's been used. I mean, that's it's going to take one moment, one letter, one correspondence for her to feel like John Andre has used her. Mm-hmm. and that's all it's going to take for her to try to get that vengeance yeah. back on him.
2: Because well she, that's what you get for not being here for a season. <laughs> <laughs> well and it's
0: the same with Peggy too because the moment she met John Andre she kind of pegged him as a manipulator yeah. and even though they ended up dancing together she's like this is just exactly
2: how you wanted things to play yeah. out. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, interesting. Well, she's, I don't want to play your game. He straight up messed with her like all of her different companions getting asked to dance before her was like yep no, nope. <laughs> this is not... Entropy does not produce a result like that. This was you. <laughs> yep, like I said, dance, puppets, dance. Bingo. Alright,
0: um, before we move on, I wanted to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Mm. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate and leave a comment. We actually do have a new comment, so yeah. Do we? Do you have it, or should I try I, and get it? I have it, but if you want to pull it up, feel free. Um, but yes, it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on because we adore talking about... About, turn on AMC and it, it's just uh, personally for me it makes our day but it's something that people at AMC pay attention to people who work on the show <laughs> strangely enough and I will never understand the reason but people who want to show awesome
1: sure
0: <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> we'll go with that um, I'm going with the self-esteem here. (laughs) But people pay attention. So when you guys go to iTunes to rate and leave a comment, it really does help us get guests on the show. And it helps us show our producers, hey, we should be in this studio talking about Turn. So, uh, Katie, do you happen
2: to have iTunes or do you want me to pull it? Yeah, it's called Season 3 Premiere. It's from Judd Hud. I liked your podcast overall and the enthusiasm was great. Boop, boop.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. And um, I believe that they also had to say that they wanted us to comment more about John Andre. Dude, I could talk about John Andre all day long. It's really to everybody's benefit that I keep it on the down low as much as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, so you, you here brought here I was
2: trying to edit content for broadcast.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I could talk about John Andre all day long. I know.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I, for for those of you who haven't watched us on other panels, I'm Megan's roommate. So, <laughs> I know. You know how exactly how long I can talk about yes. John Andre. Yes, I do. I'm starting a timer next
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you brought it up earlier. Let's talk about Benedict Arnold because he was brought down to a pretty low point in the last episode. And so, he goes to George Washington to for advice.
2: Does he go or was he summoned?
1: That's I believe good, he went.
0: I believe okay. he, he went... he said he's going to get to the
1: bottom of it at the last episode, and he'll get ahead of the thing, and he'll spend nights, you know.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... So, especially because George wants him to recover, I don't see Washington, like, summoning him... And diverting from his in what Washington's mind should be as his like recuperation time, yeah. yeah. So he comes to just George Washington wanting advice because in his mind he's such a vain character. I mean, you can't blame him,
2: yeah. But there is a he's huge... Gaston. <laughs> no, I would I wouldn't compare him to Gaston. He's not nearly as bad, but he is is the same type, and he is very, very close. I wouldn't compare
0: him to Gaston, because Gaston is ostensibly the villain, Mm -hmm. and even though Benedict Arnold is America's most infamous traitor, in this show he's being portrayed as a person who was a hero who fell from grace. And Gaston,
2: though he was the town hero, it was a town full of idiots. (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah, I'll I'll still make the argument that they are cut from the same cloth. I mean, there is a certain hero type who's too arrogant
0: for his own good. I'll give you that You're good at what
2: you do. You function on your ego. You don't question it when there's a pretty woman that wants you. You do question it when you don't get what you think you deserve and you go all out to think that you should have what you wow I lost that last sentence <laughs> you go all out pursuing things that you think you deserve that you think you're entitled to bingo I,
1: I just feel like based on what he had he did at that point he was more than entitled to those things. I think that when it comes to the finances that he was entitled to the rank and to this respect that he deserved, he did earn those things and he happened to be just a pawn in that game that Washington's playing Washington gets and Andre, yeah. Down. And Washington's put in this pickle where he has to appease his generals but at the same time he has to appease Congress so he's put between this rock and the hard place and I think that Benedict kind of, he reacts how I think any of us would react if we had won a bunch of battles, we our superior was the one that took the credit for it, took those laurels and laid them by their feet, as he said, and then down the road said, "Oh, by the way, we can't pay you because pretty much the country's broke because we're just printing money, so you wouldn't want it anyways. We'll try. We have to figure out other means. You got to be patient. So it's like getting told you're gonna get that promotion. Hey, that promotion's coming. That promotion's coming. That carrot on a stick. Yeah. And ex- you find out there's no carrot.
0: Exactly. In every normal person." who who is in that situation feels like they're entitled to more. Yeah. It is just a facet of human
2: nature. I But I, taking that extra step and breaking protocol, like that's kind of the point where you're like, okay, where's the line? Yeah. That's
0: true. I mean he didn't do the right thing, but at the same time it was a little it was a different I don't wanna give I don't want to give the excuse. <laughs> but he is madly in love with this girl who comes from a family of wealth and stature and he wants means to provide for her and he is owed money so in his mind he's like oh no i'm just i'm just taking what's owed to yeah. me and so washington's response is you know basically turn yourself in turn yourself over to a trial Get, make it so that the ball is in our court, and we'll dispel
2: these ugly rumors. Yeah. Well, once and make and for it a all. court martial, which makes it a military yeah. trial as opposed to being in Congress's court, which is a more normal trial. Yeah. Exactly. Again, that that makes that tends to put things everything
0: really in Benedict's favor because he is a war hero he's not given the declarations that he's earned but he is a war hero so of course if he submits himself for a court martial it's probably going to like fall in his favor yeah. although I'm just totally waiting for this to Backfire and blow up in his face. Oh,
2: of course it will. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and I, he'll I am blame sure that Washington. no matter, <laughs> I am sure that the trial will not go well because he will just absolutely lose his temper smack in the middle of it, and there it goes. court-martials are serious freaking business you guys and his
1: vanity is easily tipped it's something that he has no control over
2: not only his vanity
0: but he has a a razor-thin temper yeah like he could go off at any given moment i'm not saying that he's unstable but he has a temper
2: so he will ruin this for himself and it will most likely be in the middle of the (laughs) court-martial like that's how Probably. this is going, and so all Andre has to do is show up and be like, oh, poor baby, here, let's do this. Mm. We can pay you a lot. Yeah, we
0: can actually pay you, even though it was kind of established in the last season that no, they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but no one needs to do know we that. we pay you? And? <laughs> <laughs> the king thinks we can. The king thinks a lot, thinks of, a things lot of things at yeah. this point. The king is mad. Okay, so let's let's hop on back over to Sitaket because there is some drama going down at Sitaket. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I, I know we we didn't necessarily touch on it at the beginning, but I I do want to give like a really quick kudos to Mary because Mary is the unsung hero of this show. Abe would have been lost long ago Mm -hmm. had it not been for her and here she actually throws herself in front of a gun in order to save him and offers herself up as a hostage which Mary, without you, Abraham would be gone. Mm-hmm. He, he
2: just <laughs> died sometime in the first season. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, no, no. The revolution would have been lost without Mary at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't want to do this. <laughs> She's like, I just want... She's loyal to yeah. the crown, but it's like, I want my husband. I want to keep my husband, and I want this to be over. Fine, I will do what it takes to keep your dumb ass alive. <laughs> do you guys think he's actually going
0: to fall in love with her, given Every like length that she's gone to in order to protect him and save him from himself?
2: I
1: bloody well hope so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a strong chance of it, especially considering Anna's, you know, Shifting fondness. for fondness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, for him, it's not like he's oblivious to that. A lot of times, though, he's kind of treated her more of like a soldier and less and less like a love interest. It's kind of, he's used and pried off of that love interest to his benefit. And it's getting to the point where I'm sure she's aware of it. She's not a dim girl. And then being able to see another gentleman who's genuinely interested in her and now they're at heads. So she's in that in that pickle. And I think that that's really can push uh, Abraham away from her because he's like, okay, well, now I'm not a decisive winner. (laughs) I'm competing against the enemy for love.
0: And not to mention that he's now kind of separated from everybody. He he has his son and he has Robert Rogers. He's Man. got the world's
2: worst roommate. It's it's two and a half men going on up in here with a lot more murder.
0: Oh my god. That is amazing. Oh my god. Tell gosh. me I'm
2: wrong that little
0: cottage is two and a half men. Somebody please make a graphic of two and a half men with Robert Rogers and Abraham and, and Thomas. Thomas. Mm-hmm. And please send that to me. That will make more my day. Like
2: two and a quarter but nonetheless.
0: But, uh, I mean, you do have this very interesting dynamic, because this is, and this is one of the reasons why we say Abraham is such a bad spy, is he can't figure out a way, when he gets into a pickle, he can't figure out a way out of it without the aid of other people. And when a Robert Rogers comes a-calling, he can't, he just doesn't have the means of being able to dispel this guy that's constantly hovering over his shoulder, that's constantly waiting in the bushes with a gun,
2: laughing at him. Mm.
0: Admittedly, just just about
2: anyone would have a hard time getting rid of Robert Rogers on a solo mission for revenge. (laughs) Like, he is super... He's one of the most competent people in the show. He doesn't always make great decisions, but he knows his stuff. So having him as your hanger on, I don't think anyone could get rid of him. That's hard mode yeah. right there.
0: That is, and Abraham's been playing on easy slash normal mode this entire <laughs> time.
1: And I mean, we saw that when he goes to pick up the juniors, you know, letter from his dad, and you, you he completely changes persona. He knows that the way to manipulate this man is to not come in as. You know the strong Robert Rogers, but to come as a simpleton as a
0: cabbage yeah, farmer, a cabbage farmer, yeah. Who, uh, yeah, the way he played himself as the worst spy ever. Uh what no? Uh, Culper, I mean, Mr. Culper yeah. told me, and it's like this could have really backfired on you because you could have come off as like, too desperate, as too desperate, not a reliable spy, or as a faker yeah. by being that. But he played it to the exact perfect amount to actually be seem sincere and so it worked and it's just so funny seeing him like just make himself right at home in Abraham's basement using his <laughs> stuff offering food to his kid and like pushing Abe away when he wants to read the secret decoded message and poor Abe just like you wasted all of it <laughs> he's like, like eh whatever eh uh, finesse we'll get
1: more nah. whatever
0: nah. <laughs> send the bill to Washington it's I think there's going to
1: actually be uh, a turning point with the lack of Uh, reagent, because they're sitting in a position where, I mean, even word travels slowly. So items transferring those is even more difficult. So I think getting some more of that reagent back into the hands of Woodhall is going to be more difficult that, than they need.
0: Y- you make a good point. Yeah. That could in fact have been a plot point and not just a thing to annoy Yeah.
2: <laughs> I feel um, like most of Robert Rogers it's like he knows that he could kill him at any time but for the most part he's just super annoyed because he has the world's worst college roommate right now. And <laughs> <laughs> is a little odd coupley.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But um yeah, I'm I'm wondering though if Robert Rogers doesn't mess around, but I am wondering if he maybe he's At some point, because Abe is so bad at his job, if he is going to underestimate Abraham at some point, he's keeping a close enough eye on him that Abraham doesn't have time to formulate a strategy, but I feel like at the very least, Abraham
2: should have told Mary because she would have figured something out. And then he would have killed her and him and possibly Thomas. Like, yeah, no. So you think Abe was right in keeping it to himself? I think he might not have had a choice. Especially since he knows that the guy is following him and watching and listening to his every move. Like, what could he have done?
1: But again, at this point, it is kind of a father-son relationship in terms of the spying world. He's learning from Robert Rogers, whereas he had no one else to teach him. Everything else he's gotten to the point where he's been trying to figure this out on his own, and Robert Rogers technically is his best ally. At this point, he wouldn't have been able to leave to go get that message because he had his kid. He can't bring his kid on a little spy mission. So it's even, I mean, babysitting, that's. You don't even. You ask close friends to do babysitting (laughs) type of situation, so that was even on the table.
2: Uncle Uncle Robert's gonna babysit. It's like I'm not leaving you here with my kid. Okay, then I'll go. You can't go. (laughs) Well, you're out of options. So what's the lesser of two evils in this situation?
0: I really want to see deleted scenes now, where Robert is teaching Thomas how to be a better spy (laughs)
1: name,
2: or he's just teaching him like how to use a knife or something like that. These prison (laughs) I was thinking like woodsman survival skills
1: they did say he's the best tracker and you know killer of men and that's why he got hired by the king in the first place so the guy's got plenty to to teach
2: and he's following poor inept Abraham
0: Um but during this midnight rendezvous with Caleb and Anna they they come up with a they come up with a plan and it was Anna who was the mastermind mm. of this plan with per usual yeah per usual with giving using Hewlett as an asset in order to take out Simco who has been the the major th- personal threat to all of them yeah. since season 1 uh, and again this is this is a personal vendetta for for all of them
2: at this point. the series would have been so (laughs) different if Caleb had just kept his stupid promise. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that. Think about that. They killed literally everyone else except Simcoe. And then all of this came down the line and it's like, well, I think we're all regretting that decision right (laughs) now.
0: But but the plan is to... um,
2: peg somebody else as Culper
0: and to have the Queen's Rangers go and to ambush them, I believe it. Rocky Point was what they no. what they yeah. called it, um, which is an area they're familiar with, so they'll have the drop on them. How long until this plan backfires on them?
2: Half an episode?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> I see the plan backfiring on them pretty well, especially with, uh, I mean, Jordan's been missing his number two guy. Has been missing, and I feel it's ample time for him to return right when he's needed the most.
2: Isn't he on a different show?
0: Yes. uh, Mm -hmm. um, We we didn't get a chance to mention it last episode, um, but yes. Adalys Hodgkins, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that because I'm terrible with names, but um, he is on another show called Underground about the Underground Railroad, mm. and much like we, we didn't have Amy Gumnick last season, I'm wondering if that has interfered with his schedule and if that means he won't be coming back until the end of this season, because supposedly he's off screen making preparations for their escape to Canada, yeah. but we don't we don't really know what happened to him in the meantime. Because scheduling. <laughs> because scheduling. At least that's that's the assumption that we're making right now. It's really hard to tell at this point it could be anything. Yeah. But
1: And it's a difficult thing to fix considering he had such a big his plot point has been such a large yeah. aspect of, you know, who he was. He was crucial to the Rangers, so him being gone from numerous episodes without any explanation. And I just personally, if I'm writing a show, I would have, and I know that he's going to have conflicts with him. I'm going to put that in the first or beginning the second episode to ensure the audience knows, hey, we're tying up this loose end that was out of our control, because you can't just let it go without explaining it to the viewers. They'll be like, hey, what what happened to our
0: yeah, <laughs> number right, two guy? Right now, the explanation is that he just, he went to make preparations for their escape at the end of last season, yeah. and that currently, Simcoe doesn't know where he's at, and Abigail doesn't know where he's at. Nobody knows where he's at. Yeah. That's that's the explanation that we have right now. Yeah.
2: He's he's a wall. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a really good in character explanation for out of character circumstances. Yeah, there there we go, there we go. Um, so to
0: kind of get back, um, we we do have Hewlett reluctantly kind of tying himself into this spiring thanks to Anna, and for the purpose of. Of taking out Simcoe and we have this confrontation again, as another confrontation between him and Abraham, where he comes to the conclusion, Oh, you're Culper. Oh, I get it. And it's just you can tell he hates doing this. He hates bringing himself down to the level of being a spy, which he called in the last season a detestable occupation. Yeah. And even like when he's just standing there, he's like, "Ugh, is this what it's like being a spy? <laughs> having to skulk around in the dead of night? Ugh, just I'm not ugh. even
2: wearing my wig. Ugh, <laughs> this is awful. Just, ugh,
1: Let's how do you live like
2: town. this? <laughs> I live in a half-burned old shack right now."
1: Yeah. yeah, I like that they meet at his, you know, spy, <laughs> his down his spy headquarters. <laughs> you are like, like I'm not gonna meet my enemy at my headquarters of my spy ring like that. <laughs>
0: Which I, I will say on the one hand, I totally get because that's where all his spy stuff is, hmm. underground. But on the other hand, I was, when he showed up with Thomas at the, at the down farm, I'm like, isn't that the first place everyone will look for you? They live mm-hmm. together.
1: Like, they live <laughs> You can walk in the living room or down the hall and be like, you wanna have the chat? Like, you don't need to <laughs> even leave the house. No one's gonna be in your home <laughs> overhearing you. Everybody was in on it and everyone was there in that moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that you can't turn me in because it will destroy you as an officer. Your letter got me out of prison. Mm. Yeah, and that... As I said, everyone's either on his side or just incompetent enough to work. (laughs) And
0: and that brings us to this point of contention between him and Anna, because as soon as Simcoe is out of the way, Abe is setting his sights on Hewlett next. And, of course, Anna doesn't want that to happen because she's grown fond of him, whether that's romantic love or just pity for this person who has fallen in love with her, it's kind of difficult to say. And, mm. and we'll get to that in a minute when we talk about the final scene. But it, yeah, you can tell she doesn't want to do that, and Abe calls her on it, well, it's either him or me, and she doesn't know what to say to that.
1: I mean, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. I think that we've seen her progression with him, obviously she had to test in the beginning, but then she noticed, oh, this is a guy who loves astronomy, this is a man of intellect, this is not a man of war. He isn't all wrapped up in the spy ring, that's not what he wants. So she's getting to see a side of him that otherwise no one else would. They'll just see, you know, this soldier running this, you know, this little town and they think, Oh, he's an oppressor. But she's like, Well, he's actually a pretty good guy.
2: And <laughs> I feel like for Abe, her relationship with him is a much more passionate, impulsive sort of thing. And with Hewlett, it's a lot more thought out and a lot more she grew to love him slowly once mm-hmm. she got to know him, that sort of thing. So it's two very, very different types of relationships.
1: I mean, she's pretty much... Anna's pretty much, uh, you know, Abraham's side piece oh. <laughs> throughout, throughout the whole thing. I mean, that's what it, that's what he is as, like, and she knows it. He's married. He's with it. They they may have that love from the beginning, but she would never get treated any other way. And even, you know, freeing the country, that as doesn't as, change. Yeah. As
0: long as he's married. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, and and I've been hoping that, like, again, that he'll fall in love with Mary and not yeah. cheat on her anymore because she doesn't deserve that. Um, but I don't,
2: yeah. I don't know if he's met with Anna in for quite a while. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't think since. I mean, they've they've rendezvoused for spy purposes, but yeah. I don't think they've been intimate for quite some time. Well, they're
2: all living under the same house, so <laughs> it's super awkward. Awkward, awkward. awkward. super awkward.
0: Um, well, uh, and and to go back to Hewlett, because uh, he has to deal not only with this spy in his own house, mm-hmm. but also the Simcoe coming back and undermining his authority, capturing his men. Uh, Uh, giving them lashes and him having to negotiate with spies and with Simcoe in order to get their release and hopefully assure Simcoe's destruction. You can you can again he's not a tactician. <laughs> Everybody else has to come up with these plans for him yeah. and he's just a pawn in everything. And that in this final scene it breaks Anna's heart to see that. And this is and, and yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about this final scene. Because um they they finally kiss. And on the one hand, I'm like, yay. And on the other hand, I'm like, (laughs) oh, This is like the happiest and saddest I've been in this season. (laughs) This is great. I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) And you can tell that on her face as well. Because every time he says, I love you, she starts crying. And he's probably wondering, like, oh, wow, this girl cries a lot. That's interesting. (laughs) What did I do? Is there some correlation between? Hmm. She's just really sensitive. It's fine. My bad, Just let her feel her feelings. (laughs) She is just overwhelmed.
1: (laughs) With her feelings?
0: It's it's okay. It's okay. okay. So I feel like if he ever learns the truth, he'll probably be furious and heartbroken. But
2: on the other hand, he'll probably go like, oh yeah, that explains a lot. (laughs) I feel like learning the truth about her will just break him. Probably. I think that will be the end of Hewlett as we know him. Just done, goodbye.
1: I I do think, though, that he is, I mean, he cut off his own toes to save himself. I, I do think he's resourceful, and I think that mm-hmm. although he may not be a tactician, he Oh yeah, no, he, he, knows he, he did the Tauntaun thing uh, yeah. and
0: like hid inside a horse <laughs> to keep from freezing to death. Yeah, I so was impressed he's by that. He's resourceful.
1: I think that he has that anger inside of him, and I think that we're about to see it come out, especially if he finds out about Anna, where he feels oh. like he's been betrayed by everybody around him, that some oh, rash <laughs> decisions be made that ultimately could keep him alive again, because he is a survivor. And numerous times people that were far more competent than him tried to kill him, and they haven't been able to do so. So I see him outlasting longer than people would expect him Uh, to.
0: Longer than people give him credit for. And kind of going off of that, let's go ahead and dive into predictions. Mm. Your AfterBuzz TV predictions. So we see that next week, it's very much springing the trap for Simcoe. And I asked it earlier, I'll ask it again, how long until this plan
2: backfires? (laughs) (laughs) 10 minutes of screen time, maybe, depending (laughs) on whether or not we cut away in that amount of time. Like. I, as much as I want Simcoe to go down, and I do because he's the kind of character that you just love to hate, we need a Joffrey in this show. We need someone to root against that isn't the nebulous redcoat yeah. army, many of whom we now sympathize with. Like, we need that one person where we can just go, you. <laughs> and right now it's Simcoe. And so getting rid of him would remove that element from the show, and then you got to work around that. So... I don't like him, but I'd be surprised if he didn't stick around for a good long while.
1: Yeah, I think there's also that variable in there with Robert Rogers, considering he's privy to all these plans that are going on, and Abraham's the only one that knows that. So I think that he's kind of that you know third element that nobody's anticipating, and ultimately could really throw that big wrench into the plans because he's got beef with. Literally Everyone. everybody involved. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> On both sides of the table. And
2: I and just he- loved him watching all of them meet up and just like eating popcorn and going, oh, there's another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I love that he was just
0: giggling. He was like, he couldn't even hold his gun straight. He was just laughing so hard at Abraham. That he was just like, oh my God. You no were so wonder bad at I this. caught this guy. Jeez. You gotta be kind of impressed, could.
1: though. You, I mean, you gotta be like, how in the world have you guys survived? <laughs> you guys are just so incompetent.
0: He's really yeah, just, just <laughs> laughing at the absurdity yeah. of life at that point, I feel like. He's like, how have I been disgraced? How have I fallen to this point? While these guys, these, you know, these... People who are floundering around, having no idea what they're actually doing, are somehow turning the tide in this yeah. war.
2: I am a level one hundred ranger, and I have fallen with this party of level three rogues. What is
0: <laughs> happening with my life? <laughs> yeah, he probably sits down and thinks about his life and his choices on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that gold he never got. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of gold he oh, never got. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we we are running short on time. Is there anything else you guys want? to say about this episode before we wrap up for
2: the night. Yeah, that plan is going to crash and burn. <laughs> I'll need to make so popcorn hard. before next week's episode.
1: Yeah, I just think it was an exhilarating episode and I, I was happy to finally get to that point where we got to see of the buildup coming to a head, yeah, I'm so, I'm kind of excited to now see it them unfold. Them. Oh
0: I, yeah, I concur. It's only episode three. Uh-huh. We got I, seven more. Yeah, no, this was episode two. two. No, next, next week is three. only episode three. Uh, but yeah, no, I I agree wholeheartedly. I feel like this. I thought last season went at a pretty breakneck speed for certain plot points. And this season, I feel like is even kind of doubling that because I was not expecting the name Culper to be compromised so yeah. soon, for Abe to have been outed as a spy so soon. There are so many things that I didn't anticipate about this season that have already happened. And we're and getting
2: s- Hamilton. <laughs> He's showing up <laughs> and at we're some And we're getting <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> at throw at someone some point. else in the mix. So yeah, um, it'll be a lot
0: of fun next week. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thank you guys so so much for for tuning in tonight.
2: Uh, Keith, where can people go if they want to find you?
1: You can find me all over the internet at Keith W. Black.
2: I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at KiaJay. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Uh, Arrow is back. Blindspot is back later tonight, and we're in the last two weeks of Robots in Disguise on Sundays. So tune in. Good times. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheManguin. That's
0: T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I wrote an article today about an exclusive that the Movie Chick got for uh, Ruby bonus features for the Blu-ray release. Go check that out, because it is a hoot to see the behind the scenes for that show. Folks, thank you so so much for tuning in and we will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil svitek and
1: the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network.